could you could uh, you can use your sexy voice. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the Backyards of Key West podcast with your host Mark Barato. So, welcome to the Backyard to Key West podcast. I'm Mark Barato, and I have my guest with me, Craig Reynolds. Hello. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend. If uh, you drive around Key West anywhere and you poke your head behind one of those picket fences and you see the most beautiful, exquisite backyards, the design, the landscape, all of it, it's his stamp. His stamp is there. He is the one who did that. And some of them you can see in the front yard. Yeah, depends. That's right. Depends, but Key West houses usually are backyards. I like to peek. You know. Yeah, that's I like good. To, I like to look around the back because, yep. especially in Old Town, you'll drive by some of these houses and not even take a second look. And then if you do, especially at night, that's when it really pops. Yes. If you look behind yeah. the gates, you see this. I know sometimes a quarter of an acre, sometimes a half an acre on right. some of these places. Yeah, for Old Town, that's big. And it's funny you say that because so many people tell me that they see the properties at night and it's, and I tell them it's like a whole different garden. Oh, yeah. Because you, you focus on different things yeah. and it looks totally different. And uh, I've had a few clients say they prefer it at night and they don't really care for it in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I always recommend... Um, doing spend if you're here as a tourist or even if you just moved here like myself, mm-hmm. take the time to go down Old Town, go down the roads, especially right. at night. And the back roads, the, yeah, it's, yeah, they're so magical. Yeah, yeah, you the know. little lanes, you know, like Olivia Street. Uh, it's I, not I lane, love, but yeah, I love it. I and love it. Get off on the side streets. Uh, Windsor's a good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all of those ones are just amazing. So let me uh, roll into a couple of questions here. How long have you been in Key West? This is my twenty-first year. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember the first time you came here? Not moved here, just the right. first time. Yeah, it's a it's a good story. So I was work I got out of college and I was working for Ray Jungles in Miami and he said, We're gonna move the office to Key West if you'd like to go. And I said, Sure. I'm not a big city person. So right. I said, Okay. But this wasn't gonna happen for six or seven months. So uh Holly and I, my wife, we drove down, spent a long weekend. It rained the whole weekend. We rode bikes around in the rain. And we stayed in this tiniest little room over at the southernmost house. And we weren't all that enamored with it. It just didn't strike us the right way. In fact, one street we drove by was by the cemetery. And it felt kind of, it felt kind of threatening. I was like, are we in a bad neighborhood? What's going on over here? And we didn't know if we were in the right place. Right. Turns out I, that's my commute to work now. I love that street. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So the the perspective is so different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I have uh, friends that that have come down here only once, and they're like, "Oh, I don't like it down there because right. it depends where you go." Right. Like people associate Duval Street as being all Correct. of Key West, Correct. and my friends in Miami, I say, "Well, just think about Ocean Drive. Is that Miami? It's right. not. It's, it's a not. big difference." That's a very good point. In yeah. fact, I, I uh, years ago before I even moved here, I remember asking my grandfather one time. Uh, we grew up in Florida, right. uh, in in Fort Lauderdale, Orlando and never came to Key West as a family. And I asked my grandfather one time if he'd ever been there. He says, oh, we drove all the way down. He lived near Tallahassee, so yeah. we drove all the way down. We saw the Sears, the Kmart, and we said, this town stinks. And they turned around and drove back. I said, now that I live here, wow. I said, 
one more mile and you would have seen something cool. <laughs> I know, I know. I have friends too that were like, yeah, I went down to Key West. I went to like Al Murata and then I turned around and I'm yeah, like, it's not you were like, all. you're almost there. <laughs> you just keep yeah, going. Old, Old Town is unique. Yeah. I think. And, and the thing about Old Town is that collection of not just the homes, but the way they are stacked against each other. Yes. And I think in my business, that's the biggest thing is how you, you turn these backyards into something that relates to your neighbor, but also gives you what you want. Because so often you come in the backyard, you look up and there's a big house looming over you. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. there are still a couple of empty lots down here. Yeah. And when you look at just the lot with nothing, you're like, how can I even put something on this lot? Right. Right. And then I've been in houses where the lot is 3000 square foot lot. Yeah. But it doesn't appear that way. It That's really correct. has nooks and crannies and stuff to make it beautiful. Yeah. The way you d- design that space obviously matters. I'm always going to say that. And I believe that because you can, uh, one thing my former boss, uh, said, I'll never forget it. We were down here working. We moved down here with him. And then he went back to Miami and I went out on my own, but he said, you don't waste a square inch in Key West. Yeah, it's like it boat. It's like yeah, building it's a, boat. a boat, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like, I do projects down in the Caribbean. I have one in, in Jamaica uh, that I've been working on since 07. And just the pool deck, pool and pool deck, is the size of my whole property. Wow. 3,000 square feet. Yeah. So you look at that in perspective and you think, that's strange that you yeah. can fit a whole house and garden in this little area where yeah. it's down there, it's just a pool. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I understand that perspective too because I'm in Newtown and my mom has a tiny house. It's being built in Longwood and it's coming down and that's almost 500 square feet, which sa- sounds small if you look at a studio apartment in New York right. City that's just a box. Mm-hmm. But when you go in there and it's tall ceilings and all these different things, it really makes it um, much better of a space right. because of that. Well, it's funny you say that because Leah, who works uh, in the office here at Landscape Architects, she lives in a tiny house in Key West. Right. And it's about 180 square feet. Yeah. And I just recently was over there. Uh, her and her boyfriend live in there. I went over to see them for whatever reason. And I looked in. And, they, and the first time I saw it, it was empty. Yeah. Now they has all the furniture in it and all their, their spices and their food and their towels and everything. And I looked and I said, wow, it looks bigger now that it's lived in. When stuff's it's in crazy. it, it looks bigger. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. So... You came down here with your wife. You tooled around. You're like, I don't know if this is for us. And then what made you make the decision? Just because well, of work? I didn't, what's funny is I didn't come down and say, I don't know if this is for us. I just said, this is odd. I didn't picture QS being this way. Right. Went back. I'd already committed to come down. Right. And I wanted to keep working for this guy. And he was moving his family back down. His wife's a conk. And they, they uh, came to move back into the family house with their young kids. And so I just came back down. I, had, I came down for the job. Right. And then I sort of... I don't know if it's the right phrase, but I just kind of learned to love Key West because mm. I was just forced into it. But, but it was didn't there, take long before I started looking around and saying, oh, yeah, it is an interesting place. But was there a mindset like when you and your wife are having those conversations beforehand going, are we really going to do this? I mean, were those comments like that? Or, or were you just like, you know, we're pot committed. We're going. Done. Pot okay. committed. Cool. Yeah, I mean, because I was committed to work for this guy because he's mm. a real talent in my industry and mm. I wanted to learn from him. So I was like, wherever he's going, I'm going. How long I'll stay with him, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So it was the learning from kind of a mentor that you Correct. were like, okay, Correct. I don't care where we go in the world, I'm going with this guy, right? So that I could, you know, learn this trade, which now Correct. has made you and yeah. added to you as being very successful. Yeah, I mean, I originally thought, oh, maybe I'll work for him for a year or two. I ended up working for about seven years, right? And then he moved back to Miami and said, okay, let's go. And I said, no, thanks, have fun. I'm staying here. By that time, I just this this was my home. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask questions like that is because. There's so many people that are in different towns all over the U.S. that have never left their town. Right. Um, they have these dreams to do things. 
um, and they just don't take themselves up on those things. Now, Key West is even more of a jump, right? Because it is right. like the furthest island south in the U.S. that's right. connected to the U.S., yep. and you can consider it being in the middle of nowhere, even though it's not. Um, so it's scary, and I like to try to understand why people make those kind of commitments like that. Got it. Well, it's funny you say that because I had my reason, which was to work, and I didn't care where I was going to be in theory. But I'm glad I landed here because one thing is I quickly got into this town because people were so welcoming, Yeah, which you don't find in a city like Miami or Fort Lauderdale, yeah. Orlando, where I basically lived before that, or right. even Gainesville, although the student population is sort of an anomaly. Yeah. Um, but I meet a lot of people that want to come here and because they say it's so friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why one of the reasons I moved here. So you did yeah. it 20 years ago, 20 years later. Yeah. That's one of the main reasons I want to come here too is yeah. because I feel like it's still a small town, but without it, right? It's Correct. a small town feel. The people band together. They're behind each other. Yep. But yet there's a lot of tourism. There's great restaurants. You can always do something new. There's events that are happening all the time. So Well, and that's the thing also that people say to me, how can you live down there? Because they visualize it like Duval Street. Right. And I said, when I first moved here, I lived on Poorhouse Lane, mm -hmm. which is right by the cemetery. Right. It's three blocks from Duval Street, and I didn't even know Duval Street existed. Yeah. I'd go weeks and weeks weeks without getting on Duval Street, and that's the thing about this town is when people finally realize that, they realize it's it's just a great town. Yeah. And Duval Street, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just one kind of activity. Right. And it's and I think because people think, well, it's small, mm -hmm. right? The mass size of the island is very small, so three blocks from Duval is like being on it, but it's, right. not. it's not, it's not like Times Square yeah. or anything like that. It's got yeah. its own flavor for sure. Yeah. And you can ride your bike and in, in 10 blocks encounter all kinds of different houses, all kinds of different environments, all kinds of different people. And that's also what's nice about it is that the diversity is really um, adjacent. Right. And here's something else that came up just through my profession is you have zoning also is a big mm -hmm. is a big difference here is yeah. you have commercial zoning within single family whereas when you go to a planned community or you go like uh, 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 west of Miami where it's all been developed in the last thirty years it's it's zoned whereas single family commercial in pockets right, right. So you're either one or the other well what he had he had a very good point he says that you have this conditional use zoning and spot zoning where you have these commercial project or mm -hmm. commercial res uh, businesses in residential areas and that enlivens it yeah. Yeah, because it enables you to be able to walk and ride bikes and, and do yep. things where you're not commuting all the time. All that was a time. big thing for me coming from Miami. It's yeah. like you're commuting everywhere. I'm a New Yorker, so I love to walk all the time. And it's just you just can't do that. Even I'm in Newtown, and I can still walk yeah. to Publix. I can walk just in, around anyway. my block. It's yep. just beautiful just to walk. Well, it's funny because you could almost relate Key West to, to similar to Manhattan. Yeah. In a sense, it's just a micro piece of that where you have all these areas that are very similar but they're all just right next to each other yeah and and the the attitude of the locals is similar to new york as far as like if you're on the lower east side you're like upper east side oh no that's yeah, too far exactly. right so people here if you're a new town like me you're like yeah. oh i gotta go to old town i don't know that's a trek for me but well, it's I like four a contractor miles one time i asked him about a job in Newtown. he's like oh no i don't go past white street <laughs> yeah <laughs> i god forbid you want to go to stock island that's right. like another yeah, universe that's over right? a bridge yeah no no it's too hard for me yeah. So why don't we tell people the profession you're in? Because I don't think we did architect. Yet. And yeah. what would your friends say that you do? That I'm a landscaper. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. We use them a lot, but they think I'm out in the field a lot. But the difference is I do a lot of design and then field management. Right. And I work with uh, general contractors, pool contractors, landscape contractors, lighting, irrigation guys, and we all put these things together. So uh, I do what an architect does, meaning, because that's more commonly understood, uh -huh. is draw drawings, 
submit them for permit, and then we build from that. So I put in together the master plan and the drawing, and then we assemble a team of people that are going to build it, typically a general contractor for the hardscape, because we do a lot of hardscape, whereas a lot of uh, la- uh, landscape architects or landscapers will just focus on planting. Mm-hmm. But we say we, we do it all. We want everything to be integrated. So we do a lot of the hardscape drawings. What's the hardscape? Is that like the deck? and uh, Pool, uh-huh. deck, uh, fences, walls, trellis, gazebos, driveways. Wow. Everything from the doors out. Right. Everything not connected to the house. Correct. That you don't need to get yeah. FEMA approval on. Some of you do. Well, that's only if it's connect attached <laughs> to the attached. house. That's yeah. right. That's right. Although in certain areas, if it's in a VE zone, swimming yeah. pools, you can only come about between 8 and 18 inches, depending on where you are in the keys, above the existing grade right. if it's a VE zone. Otherwise, they want the swimming pool at the second level. Wow, well, strange. Mine is five steps up, so I must be. You're in probably thing. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I always tell people is that a landscape architect to us, a swimming pool is like an architect. The house mm. that becomes the core of a project. Agreed. The thing we design that everything relates to, because you can't have a pool if it's done right that doesn't impact everything around it. Yes. Um, so that's what kind of makes our office a little different. And that's what I learned from the guy, I, the mentor, the Ray Jungles, is that that you design everything at once, you integrate it, you look at, you design the planting in mind while you're designing the hardscape so it all fits together. So when it's done, and this may sound like a cliche, but you want it to look like it was always there, like yeah. it was supposed to be that way. Well, it's funny because that's when I'm going through your Instagram and I'm reposting your pictures. Oh, right, right. That's a lot of the comments I make that draws me to it is it just seems like it's natural. It right. seems like a crater hit that land and put a big hole and it happens to now be a swimming pool right. with nice design and, and you yeah. know, the materials that are there right. look like they're part of the earth. Well, that's the other thing about what I've developed over the years is, is, is a, uh, an attention to detail. Mm. And in my former life, I was a potter and uh, that was my type of art that I did was very crisp and refined and every like pottery. Detail. Yeah. Pottery. Oh, cool. Yeah. I do a lot of that, but that's sort of a segue, but it also is that I'm a, just a detail oriented. Right. Artist, if you're you an artist. Call it that. You're an artist. But I, I'm more about the detail as opposed to sort of a Rauschenberg just kind of splashes of paint right, thing, right? Right. So it lent itself well to this profession because um, I like the detail. I like to look at every different material from the from the coping around the pool to the deck to how it relates to the steps, even the river rock that goes in between. What color that's going to be? That's kind of just what gets me going. Right. So when I look at a project, I look at all the detail, how I can integrate it, and um, the thing that I tell a lot of clients, if they start drill me, like, how do you do it? What do you want to do? What do you, where are you going to start? I say that every, I, I've come to the conclusion that every project has a fingerprint. Mm. And I just keep drawing and sketching and drawing and sketching and until I find that fingerprint. So like you just said in the Instagram posting, it looks natural. Yeah. Like it should be there. Yeah. And what one part of the process is as you design and sketch, turn something upside down, rotate it 90 degrees, you know, look at all the different options. Then I, what I find is that certain to design layouts keep coming back. Mm. And when they keep coming back, I stick them. And then I've developed the other area. And then when that, the, the, the one pure design comes out of that, I stick it. And then as they all come together, that's the fingerprint. So do you, cause I do when I, like I see some of your imagery and I'm like, Oh, I know this is Craig's. Do you like to stick to a particular style or do you find that it evolves based on like if I'm the the homeowner and I say go at it right, right and I don't right. give you any Anything. stipulation do you find yourself in a, in the same realm or do you like to express out It's a great question I would say if somebody just said go at it my style is going to is going to be from a planting standpoint I like it I like it lush 
and full but organized. And I like a lot of contrast of different size, sizes and shapes of plants because I really enjoy plants and the variety. Mm. So my, my, my go-to would be more of a variety of planting without it looking like, and this is the phrase I use a lot, a tossed salad, not yeah. just one of everything. Yeah. Big masses of things. So that's how that would work. And then when it comes to the hardscape, I always gravitate towards natural materials uh, maybe a little bit on the darker side because mm. I like a garden to feel cool and calm. And when it's a little bit darker, yes. like my back patio, which I haven't done on a project yet, I have black travertine. Right. Even though it's in Key West, well, I it's have like River shade. Rock. Yeah. yeah, it just feels comfortable and relaxing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um. And now, what about natural as opposed to non or native as opposed to non-native? That's a very good question that comes up all the time. So, I'm not a slave to natives. But they're a huge part of what we do. Yeah. They're the backbone of every job. And the way I describe it is if we do, and especially in Key West where you often have to create privacy, mm-hmm. I'll say we use the natives that are durable, long-lasting, and can handle these conditions as the framework, the background, and then we layer the tropicals in front. Yeah, because they're so pretty, those tropicals. I mean, yeah. it's hard it, to say no to having them and exactly. just be just native. We're subtropical here. We get, 20, uh, we get 50% or 20 inches less rain a year than Miami. Yeah. So in reality, we our, our plants – we have to group them yeah. for the water usage. But at the same time, I, there's a, a, a phrase that a landscaper years ago, Chris Cowan coined, and it was brilliant, is uh, Caribbean natives. So you can have native palms from Cuba, native native plants from from uh, uh, Jamaica or Dominican Republic do great here. Yeah. So And some of those are more interesting looking than ours, like the old man palm. Right. People see that yeah. and they say, that's just so unique. It's like a sculpture. So we use those a lot. So I use the natives. Then I use the tropicals where we can without being uh, uh, insensitive mm-hmm. to, to the environment, as well as then adding all these Caribbean natives that work great. And what about growth, non-growth? Like, or do you plan for, do you plant something that maybe in three, four years will double and triple in size? Oh, yeah. I, because- I always plan for the next 10 years. Right. Because too often... Arika palms are a perfect example, yeah. something I don't ever use, but people buy them at Home Depot, put them in it. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm just pointing this out. Six feet to block their neighbor. And then 10 years, they're 25 feet. And all you see are trunks. And you're looking at your neighbor again. Yeah. So we definitely plan for mm. that. That's where the native shrubs come in handy. Right. So you'll you fill can, in those gaps yes, with the natives yes, with the and natives. then knowing the rest will grow without it Correct. being sparse. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. And, and I'm a big proponent too. This is another element to that is right plant, right place. You hear that a lot. You read that a lot. But what it means is, even if you don't want to put everything in big, put the right plant in so that in 10 years, yeah. as it matures, they, they're together. Yeah. You know, they work together. This is eight feet and that's five feet and that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. I bought this house when I was living in Orlando and it was so lush. Um, it was full everywhere. And then five years later when I left, it was just like a big mess. I big mean, mess. Yeah. it was disgusting. Yeah. It was like just everything mashed into one big plant. I mean, it right. was just too much. It's too much. Overplanting yeah. is the, is the first mistake that new designers make because yeah. they're so excited and they put everything together. And, and, but I will admit I'm, I'm not immune to the way a tropical garden can grow because that's the thing about tropical plants. They want to keep going. Right. So certain tropical plants and certain tropical gardens have to be maintained on a regular basis. That's probably the biggest misnomer in what I do and what landscapers do in this town uh, is that a garden, if it's native, needs no maintenance. Right. Things are going to grow. Of course. Sometimes they're going to grow towards a pocket of sun that you didn't count on. And then you've got to bring that plant back into control or right. something or maybe just take it out. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting a good hairdo once and thinking you're never going to go yeah, back to exactly. the barber. It's going to exactly. be a big wreck in a month. Yeah. You've got to have maintenance. And it's unfortunate because it's a huge part of what we do. Because I always tell, tell clients too, if it comes out, not always, but I say, when your house is done, that's the best it's ever going to look. When your yeah. garden's done, that's typically the worst it's ever right. going to look. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good catchphrase of yours. Yeah. Um, have you always been interested in this? I mean, I know no. you mentioned pottery, but no, not at all. How did you get into it? Yeah. It's funny because I was not a plant person at all, one bit. And I was in, I was into art. I, I was into the ceramics and the pottery. And then, uh, I got a degree in fine arts and tried all the different mediums. And then when I got out, I realized that the economics of art suck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I wanted to go into it. I wanted to get a professional degree and do something that, that, that maintained the artistic side of things. And I've always been an outdoors person. Mm. So I, it was, the decision was that simple. But that how quick. did you know that that was something that would pay well as well? I mean, did you think, oh, I'm a I landscaper? In, well, no, I looked into it. I looked into architecture, interior design, uh, industrial design, which I almost went into, which mm. is more product design right. and landscape architecture. And an old roommate of mine was a landscape architect. And so I spent a couple hours with him and he showed me what he did. And I thought, that's pretty interesting. Wow. And it's outdoors, which I always want to be yeah. as much as I can. So I said, these two go together. So then I started researching LA landscape architecture. And I talked to a couple of professors of it at Ohio State where I went to undergrad. And they told me sort of how the profession works. Um, and then I applied to University of Florida, got in. And uh, after going to the Bahamas on a boat for a year, I went to school and I, and I actually really liked it wow. because of the artistic side. Yeah. And University of Florida is more focused on design than they were, say, the technical side of materials and plants, mm. which I then learned when I got out from this Ray Jungles guy and obviously just- What a name, too. I mean, I'm, yeah. a, I'm in, and uh, he's in that field. His last name is Jungles. I mean, right. you can't get it. What a business card. You're like, yep. all right. Um, People think he made it up. They ask him all the time, and he didn't. Of course not. I mean, yeah. that you would have to be too much to be making up that name. As, That's right. As like, well, I'm Ray Jungles, but yeah. I'm really Ray Jones. Yep. Um did you ever think as you were growing down here as a business, okay, Key West is only as big as it is. I want to now branch out to other locations, which I'm assuming is we, why you, you did. Branch. Yeah. What I, what ended up happening was the, the, the little catalyst was I had a client here that I finished a house over there on Washington street. And two years later called me up out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him for that long. And he says, we just bought a house in Jamaica and we have a set of plans. We have the plants and the landscape architect we had uh, decided to quit. So mm. can you come down and sort of interpret this for us and finish it? And I hadn't even thought about it, right. branching out. So I went down there and there were, I counted them, there were like 1,250 plants in bags that were as big as a Pepsi can. Oh my God. And the drawing didn't even look like it was for that property. I was surprised. I was like, I don't know what that person did. I said, so I just started laying plants out and I would go around and buy plants. And basically I kind of built that a design build. Yeah. And then I realized through doing that, I said, there's other places you can go and have bigger property. I and mean, this was a three acre property. Yeah. So, so you were like, holy cow. Yeah, this that is became like the, 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 the carrot that I said, wait a minute, I'm not going to shy away from branching out because I can do bigger properties. Ironically, after doing that, I, that was when 2004, when I went down there. So all these years later, I really realized I like that kind of work, yeah. but my favorite are these small projects because it's like a jewelry box. Yeah. You know, and you all that detail that I keep going back yeah. to, which I really love. Not saying you can't get the detail in bigger properties. So, so I guess what I, I feel fortunate for is I have a mix. Right. I'm down in the, in the islands. I have projects, Anna Maria, uh, Naples, uh, Palm Beach, Miami. 
where the properties are bigger. So that fills that void. Right. And then down here, I still get to do a lot of these. So you're all of Florida and then some in the Caribbean, like you mentioned. Correct. Bahamas. Yeah. Did one in St. Vincent, St. Kitts. Um, uh, Alex and I went down to Curacao, interestingly enough, about two years ago to do one. They only get 10 inches of rain a year. (sighs) And the guy that uh, wanted the garden, we said, wait a minute, he wanted a tropical garden. I said, there's a little bit of a disconnect here. And he said, no, I know. He says, I love tropical plants. I'm born and raised to Curacao. I have to have a tropical garden. So I'm building this new house with a 150,000 gallon cistern wow. and I will fill it daily if I need to because I want my tropical plants. Wow. So we went down there and designed him a tropical garden and he just loves it. Yeah. He's, it's like a desert except <laughs> it's for It's a his. desert, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the weirdest place in terms of plants. So um, let me ask you a question. The what advice would you give your younger self or somebody just starting, not necessarily in Key West, but mm-hmm. somebody wanting to get started in this business that has the same passion and the love that, like you do? I would say figure out as soon as possible, if possible, what style of landscape architecture you want. Mm. And what I mean by that is there are landscape architects who wear a suit and tie and only deal in eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper. They're almost like planners, right? city planning, city development. Engineers. Yeah, exactly. Then there are some that just work for large firms. Like there's a firm in Fort Lauderdale and they do projects all over the world. They compete with a company in Hawaii. That's their number one competition because they do these 3,000 acre resorts in Dubai and all over. And that's just not my style. But for some people it is. Hmm. Coming from an art background, I kind of knew that I wanted to get my hands in there and I wanted to be on site and I wanted that detail. But I think I see uh, over the years, I've met a lot of landscape architects that really don't know where their passion is or what their what part of design gets them going. Because I don't want to be the guy that says, I can design anything because I'm a designer. I can't. Right. right. The big so they like dabble in a number of They dabble things. in a number, yeah. Or they're at a firm where they're at a big firm. They're doing these huge land planning things when in reality, they want to design a garden like we do or vice versa. Right. So um, I think that would be the advice to figure out what it is that turns you on and go find a firm that will support that. Yeah. I'm assuming also find the mentor, that person that you can that's work helpful. Underneath it. Yeah. I stumbled onto Ray and I got lucky. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's the other thing I was telling people. I think landscape architecture kind of has an identity crisis yeah. because they think they can do, they, the, the, the profession in general, no one person, it, they try to do everything. Yeah. Branding, marketing, you know, uh, uh, resort development theme parks all the way down to a pocket garden. And that's great, but I don't think any one landscape architect can do it all. It's it's that's wise advice for any business you're in. Anything. I mean, you should be dangerous enough in all of those different things, right. but specialize, you know, it's yeah. like the main course and the, and the side dishes. Correct. Right? Your main Correct. course is what you love that's, to that's do. That's well said. Yes. And the side dishes yes. are all these other things yeah. like the marketing and the stuff. And it took me a while. I was doing some commercial stuff and and I did a few projects that were larger like that. And I realized that a friend of mine had the comment narrow, deep trench. And he's right. I'm happier when I have a narrow, deep trench of just this residential stuff where I can create this, this dream garden for lack of a better term for the client, yeah. because they're willing to go to the links to make all this detail and all these elements work. And being in this town, you can kind of drive by those houses too yeah. every once in a while and yeah. just like have a little smirk yeah. knowing and- that you helped this person make a beauty or five years later, Maybe go peek behind there and go like, wow, look at the, how this thing's growing. Yeah, I, I go back often. In fact, clients will call me three, five years later when things mature to a point where they need edits. That's not definitely out of the question, and that happens. I mean, a garden is a living, breathing, growing thing. Right. goes without saying. Whereas a house is pretty much not going to – a wall is not going to move. <laughs> so they <laughs> will – a garden, the, the plants will change enough that sometimes they'll say, hey, now I want it more open. Let's edit this. And that happens. So does your firm – 
do the ongoing? Like, will you say, all right, you've made the property look like this. Now you're hiring me that twice a year, I'm going to come in and make sure everything's good or that's totally separate. Not against it. Hasn't happened. Few people it happens with, but most people, um, hire the landscape contractor to do the maintenance and then they'll call me as they need over the years. Right. Yeah. Because Key West is, is kind of a small town, but not, what do you do to maintain and grow and continue to learn to advance your profession for yourself? Is it reading books? Is it oh, listening to podcasts? I know you're going to different locations. Yeah, but- well, part of it is um, definitely all the design magazines. I'm constantly looking at those as they come out. Ocean Ocean Home is one, and uh, Architectural Digest, and um, forget the other one, uh, El Decor. Actually, right. has some good out to exterior stuff. And if you look around the room here, yeah. see all these? Yeah. And I have this stack right here. Yeah. They're all cutouts for magazines and books. I cut them out and I put them on the wall and I just constantly look at all these collage of different other people's design ideas and see how I can morph them or integrate them into what I do. Sometimes I'll take three or four design ideas that I see, modify them to fit and put them together and putting them together so they work. There's an artistry in that too. Of course. Of course. Do you ever, do you ever look, you know, I'm sure. Pinterest and, and Instagram, oh, and those are great for all you. All the time. But yeah. do you look and see like, cause I follow so many different styles mm-hmm. and locations. Oh, yeah. Do you ever look and see like, uh, New England home and, and see all the, that those gardens and go, Ooh, but you know, you can't do that down here, right? right. You can't have that kind of garden here. Right. You can't. I, I sort of look at that, but more than anything, I guess now that you asked me the question, I'm sort of digging in my head and trying to figure out what I look at. I'm always looking at, Details again. I'm looking sure. at how other people are using materials and details and shapes and layouts and, and, and things like that. And on Pinterest, like if I start a project, I don't really have a starting point. Um, I'll just go like I'm doing a pool, let's say, and the yeah. owner says, I don't want it. I don't want it natural shaped. I want it orthogonal or I want it square as they would call it. Yeah. I'll just start looking on, on, on Pinterest or Instagram at different pools and say, okay, there's a piece of that that's interesting to me. That's going to be my starting point. Right. No, I love that. It's it's great to get that inspiration. And and what I took away from that is it may be a different type of plant that oh, won't grow here. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter because there's a different heights. There's the different there's positioning. Yeah, exactly. And you could just yeah. take this one out and put this one in. Correct. Right? And there's a lot of cool plants from California that are the same zone as ours, hmm. zone 10. I didn't know that. But it's dry over there, so the same zone 10 plant there won't grow here. So I look at a lot of projects from California, Australia. Uh, Northern Australia has a lot of interesting subtropical gardens. Wow. And so you get some, you get some inspiration from that. Yeah. But I would love to be able to work in California. Yeah. yeah. All right. So maybe that's, those kind of plants are really interesting. Sculptural. Yeah, they're, they're really pretty over there yeah. too. They for sure yeah. they are. Sorry. It's okay. We're in a live office. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we went into the different areas that you cover, mm-hmm. possibly moving into California in the future. Yeah, you never know. Slip up there. Yeah. You right. Know. Um, Name one thing, and then for, uh, this will be the last question, and then from from here we'll get into the personal questions. I okay. like to call them. Okay. Um, name one thing that people don't know about your business that maybe you and only your your close select few know about it, and that could be something like you really enjoy digging the first plant in there, or mm. you really like um, coming in when the project is. 10% planted and you being the one to move things around, you know, something like that that's very detailed oriented. Well, I think there it's a two-part answer, which okay. which is the thing that people don't know is how much we actually design. 
so often because the word landscape is in our title. Yeah. They think it's only plants. Right. That's yeah, I, that's huge, what I thought. Exactly. Yeah. It's a huge part of what we do, yeah. and it's everything right. to tie it all together. Yeah. But we really start with the hardscape. So yeah. the big thing to understand, to know about us, if I were to say, would be that we we start from the doors out, is what I like to say. That's my phrase, mm-hmm. and design all the hardscape. And the earlier we're brought into the project, the more integrated the design, the exterior design can be with the house. Because right. we have a number of projects where the architect will say, get him involved or some other landscape architect involved now yeah. as we're laying the house out. We can talk about what's happening outside, and it's more integrated. Yeah, that sounds like it'd be better if you're doing it from the beginning. From the beginning. As you're building this, yep. and you're working hand-in-hand with the house architect so that Correct. you can get it all together. Correct. Because there's also, all right, well, the design of the house, which way is the sun go? Correct. Right? Correct. So yeah. if it's taking yeah. up all the space here, and now the sun is going just over the whole house, right. it may make it a little more difficult. More difficult. Plan. Or I've had instances where we've decided where the house goes on the site, or if they're doing an outbuilding or a guest building, how that's going to be located to best take advantage of whether they want it to be private or not private, right. based on what we're doing. So, but, but again, I think if there was one thing, gun to my head, I had to say it, it's that landscape architects do more than just planting. Yeah. Okay, that's a good that's a good ending on the business portion of this section. Um, so the personal, I always scare people by saying the personal yes. things, but they're not. They're I didn't not, do it. They're not really that personal. <laughs> it's 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 more fun things that if you're a tourist or you're local and you want to know things about Key West, oh, right. that these are like your recommendations. Okay. Um, so like, what is your favorite event to attend in Key West throughout the whole year? Oh, the locals parade. Locals Parade. The Friday before Fantasy Fest. Okay. So now I just gave it away and everybody's going to go. Now I need to go. I didn't even know about it. So <laughs> oh, I'm it's going. fun because you are the parade. Right. They shut. They start to the cemetery. They shut down the, the, the uh, Fleming, actually. You go the wrong way down Fleming, and it's thousands of locals dressed up just walking slowly and going down the street and dumping out on Duval. It's like That's a great. river of people. It's fun. That's really fun. Yeah. Um, any, any story behind any one of those you've done? Any crazy thing you've seen? Or it was just, they're all crazy, maybe. They're all crazy, yeah. <laughs> Although, the, I always tell people, when I worked for Ray here, when I first got here, my office was in the front of this building. So my desk sat at the window looking on Duval. So I spent six and a half years looking down at Duval Street almost all day, every yeah. day, 40 hours a week or 50 or 60, whatever it took. And the, you would think I would see something stranger. One yeah. thing I never saw was not no people, right. except right before a hurricane. Right. But there's always people on Duval Street. Yeah. But the strangest thing I saw was in the middle of the day on a Tuesday in some off month, a guy was walking down the street. I could tell it was a guy because he was dressed kind of like a lumberjack. You could tell it was a guy. Uh-huh. But on his head was a disco ball. Wow. Big, huge disco ball with two eye holes. And he was just walking down the street like, Nothing mattered. Like he was just, and nobody was looking at him. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a kind of that's the similarity with New York too. It's like yeah. celebrities like going there because nobody pays them any attention. Right. Someone could be naked walking around, no one would care. No one it's kind of like that in Duval Street it is. too. It You're is. just like people will shrug their head and go, "Oh, all right, another naked." One person. more quick one. I have sure. to say this because I actually saw it because I wouldn't have believed it. Somebody said there was a there's a dog that had a cat on its back and a mouse on the back of the of the cat. And I said, that's BS. You're yeah. just making it up. And then one day I come down the stairs on Duval Street. I'm going to get lunch. I turn the corner. And I see it. it right there walking by me. <laughs> I don't know if they were taped on there or what, but it stapled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right. Um, what is your favorite restaurant? Salute. I like me some salute. Yes. And good I, food and good location. Yeah. And I love, because we're in Newtown, I love always taking the, the ocean side. Yeah. Yeah. South Roosevelt. Yeah. In fact, when we come into town, we always go South Roosevelt instead of going north because it's just prettier. It's a, it's, it's a, extra what? Five minutes? Not even. It's yeah, a couple minutes. Yeah. And, it's, and I have a motorcycle, so it's really pretty yeah, taking, that's that, good. taking that drive. 
Um, and what what is your go to order there if you have one? Oh, I was I get the snapper special. They have it every day. Apparently, yeah. So maybe it's not a special. Yeah. They. I've yeah. been there now enough where they're like, oh, we have specials. I'm like, I've been eating that same special yeah, like exactly. the last <laughs> the six whole time. Times. Yeah. What about hidden local spot? Hmm. Well, it used to be when I first moved here, El Cibonet. Mm-hmm. But now that's that's not it's it's busy twenty four seven. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to even get locals. in there. Uh, Let me think. That's a great question. So apparently, I don't know of many. They've all been. Oh, you know what? Just thought, and we just talked about this the other day. Um, Cole's Peace. They have a great restaurant in there. It's inside the restaurant store. The sign out front says restaurant store. Yeah, but there's a restaurant in there that sells great sandwiches, and they have a breakfast. Wow, well, they, I, I so didn't, you didn't know. know. Nope. That's right. Now I'm going there for the breakfast. Yep, awesome. Um, Best place for live music? Live music? Yes. I don't know because I don't go to a lot of them, but I'm over 50, so I went to the Rick Springfield concert. Nice. <laughs> Just for nostalgia. It was hilarious. It was great. He was actually pretty good, although his new album's weird. But they had it up on uh, North Roosevelt between those two hotels. Uh-huh. I don't know what they call that. I think it's like the yard or the yeah. garden. Oh, yeah. And the, the green? The green. The green. That's it. Yes. The green. And I thought the sound quality and that you sit in your own lawn chair that you bring on, yeah. on this grass, that was great. Yeah, I like that location. Yeah, it's really nice. I do free movies there for the kids, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So it's a fun. really nice location. And the landscaping there, whoever did that design, did a great job with those yeah. oak trees and everything. Because yeah. you don't see many oaks in Key West. Now I'm back to the business side. <laughs> but uh, because I find that places like the Green Parrot, which is real popular, mm-hmm. it's just too loud. Yeah. And then the people talking, it's just kind of weird, but it's a lot of fun. Right. There's so many places for Sound music wise. down here yeah. that are fun, but I like the little yeah. hidden spots. The other too. one is that Smoke and Tuna Saloon. Yeah. They well, have they, a good stage for that. They always have a great artists on there, too. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. That's nonstop. Um, what about your best place for happy hour? Best place for happy hour? I think it'd be the after deck at Louis. Nice. Okay. Because of the just the... the the location. Sun setting yeah. and location, yeah. yeah. It's, really it's probably not there. the best price, but it's the best location. <laughs> best location. <laughs> um, what about your favorite drink? Beer. Just beer? You're I like beer. beer. I don't. I don't drink liquor or wine. I like. I like. I like lagers, and I like good. That's why they, good, your friends are lagers. like, oh, he's landscaping, and he's got a bud in one hand. Yeah, that's and right. A, <laughs> a plant in the other. That's right. Um, and then tourist attraction that you'll take friends to when they come to visit, like your go-to. Oh. Hmm. I draw a blank. Usually they tell me where they want to go see. They've researched it enough, but that's a really good question. I can't even answer. That's okay. You could come back to it. Yeah, I will come back to it. You'll like wake up in the middle of the night saying like, it's a country. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, All right. uh, This was fun. I had a really good time. Me too. Thank you. Uh, One last question before we get into where people can find you and all the stuff like that is, Give us your tip of the day. This could be a new gadget, a new book you're reading, a new show on Netflix, just any cool little thing that you think. It could be, I love this new ballpoint pen. I mean, it could be anything. Tip of the day. I don't know. Like for me... um, I'm yeah, getting one. I'm getting more I'm always into audiobooks. That's just the thing okay. that I do all the time. Okay. And it's always been educational ones on marketing and business and stuff like this. But now I'm like and I hated history, but now I'm really getting into history on like Roosevelt and and Vanderbilt and these people. And the books are like the normal book is like eight hours, six to eight hours. These are like thirty mm-hmm. hour books. I mean, they're like wow. massive. Yeah. And they get into like the beginning. So like the first ten chapters are about the kids 
you know, youth and you're like, I mean, thank God I'm not reading this or I'd be asleep, but right. they're great. So like that for me would be a tip that I would give people like, Hey, sometimes, especially in business, if you want to learn where you're going, you need to learn from the past because they do repeat itself. Okay. Well, it's funny because I have a friend who just started his own business. I was trying to think what to get a new business owner. So now that you suggested it in that way, I'd have to say an app called Wonderlist okay. is awesome. And what's that? It's basically just a list app, but it is the way it's designed and done. It's the best I've ever used. And we, and you can then share the list. So actually our whole office uses it. Oh, that's so cool. So when I finish something and I check it off, boom, it sends a notification to everyone else and vice versa. And we all know what we're working on and we just put down what list we're going to do. Like, okay, we have this project is priority one and you can just drag and drop them. Right, right, right. And we just say, all we do is we just work down the list. Yeah, it sounds similar. I use something There's called Trello, but yeah, yeah. I've used Trello yeah, before, but and that has the columns. Right, and you move them from column to column. Yeah, and the guys from Toyota developed. That. Yeah, because they were yeah. like sticky notes on a board, yes. and they're like, let's just yes. make this digital. Well, that's good for like web development. Yeah. And, and millions of tasks. Whereas yeah. for the Wonderlist, it, it's just a simplified version. Yeah, but it just goes straight down, and then you can add notes to each one. You can add uh, images to each one. And so what happens is sometimes when I'm not in the office, and Tamara comes in here, right. you know, and um. She's only in two days a week, so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I may just throw stuff on that list, and then when she gets in, she just sees new things at the top. She just starts getting those yeah, things knocked out. And then you get out. notified when and then they're I get gone. notified, or awesome. she'll call me and say, hey, I see this third thing. What, what's up with that? Yeah, because sometimes Trello for me is way too much stuff going on. I don't need all that stuff that it can do. I just That's need right. the one list. Maybe one list. Easier. So anyway, that would be my- Awesome. I, Perfect, so, perfect. Yeah. Shout out to the sunny side too. So uh, give yeah, it to, to exactly. Tara. Yeah, she has a great Instagram. Oh yeah, I know her. She's amazing. She's an incredible her photographer. By the way, you've too. got us. We've got to say her photographs. When she started with me, um, she had a, a, a background in photography, and she's working actually at a florist shop. She yeah. has an artistic eye, and yeah. she's definitely been in the arts all her adult life, I guess. And I didn't even know she could take pictures. And we, I hired her so she could support me. And we were doing project management stuff and office management. And then she said, "Oh, I, I do photography." She started taking these great shots. Yeah. So now that's one reason our website looks so good. The reason is because we can get real time, excellent, basically professional quality photographs. Yeah, she's she's definitely an artist because mm -hmm. she, you could see in her pictures that they're not all saturated and not yes, all they're not blown out. They're very much natural. Correct. And like you're standing there. Yeah. Real, like yeah, real. And, and in the depth of field, which I never really realized how good that yeah. you can get that with the right lighting. Cause she's, yeah. she's obsessive it's about, all about the right lighting. lighting when she yeah. takes them and it shows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause for she sure. really can capture it. And I think she can capture anything. And right now she's fortunately, she really likes capturing gardens. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> <you>. <laughs> okay. So where could people find more about you, your website? Oh, okay. The website is, uh, Craig Reynolds, Full name, C R A I G R E Y N O L D S dot net. Mm -hmm. Someone stole the dot com and won't give somebody it up. Somebody already had it. Some third baseman up in Boston. Oh, he's not giving it up. No. Craig Reynolds dot <laughs> net. So and I, then what about on social? Um, I'll put all these in the show notes good. too. But just. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say I don't know exactly. I think it's Craig Reynolds dot design is yeah. the Instagram feed. Okay. And then on Pinterest, if you just type in my name. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, it was great talking to you. Yeah, um, you I too. learned a lot. I know that Good. you don't just have a Budweiser and a, and a petunia in one hand. <laughs> you do a That's lot more right. than that. That's that there's right. a lot more that goes into the profession. I learned why you're here in Key West. And that's it. It was great talking to you. And I look forward to maybe a round two. Perfect. I'll do it anytime. Awesome. Thank Thanks. you.